Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Everybody, what's happening? Welcome to Full Count Chaos, talking about the Orioles in September, game and a half behind in the wild card, and it's frustrating. As funny as that sounds, obviously the Orioles are fighting for the playoffs in September, but they just seem like they're standing still every time they win. I mean, the Orioles just keep winning and winning and winning, and they're just standing still, and it seems like when they lose, they get knocked back three and a half games, obviously being dramatic, but man, Toronto, Seattle, uh, Tampa, they just keep winning. I know Toronto's starting to drop off a little bit, but they're still in the wild card. That's who the Orioles are a game and a half behind. The Orioles are just taking care of business. They're scratching, clawing, kicking, punching. They're trying to get in there. Hell yeah! They're right there. But again, the time is ticking. In September, got to just keep winning these games. I'm just curious, how do you feel if the season ended and the Orioles didn't make the playoffs? Are you still hats off, round of applause, just blessed that you got to witness a season like that? Or at this point, are you a fan who's saying, you know what, playoffs are bust? You blew it! Love to hear from you. FullCountChaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at FullCountChaos. Had some emails that came in. <laughs> Again, people's experience at Camden Yards, and uh, we're talking about getting kicked out of strip clubs. So we will definitely get to that. Lots to talk about today. Again, always want to hear from you folks. And sorry I haven't been around lately. These past couple of weeks have been all over the map with vacation, trying to squeeze the last few weeks of summer out. Getting out and about, going down there to the beach, heading on down there, and then we go go down Cam Yards, we get back down Baltimore. Uh, the beach, look, it's definitely a place that reminds me I still have a lot of work to do at the gym. Every time I'm like, all right, let's do this, let's go to the beach, take the shirt off, boom. Everybody looks like the rock. Eh, of course, they got testosterone pouring out of their ears. I could wash my shirt on their abs. All right, I get it. I got to go to the gym four days a week instead of two days a week. All right. I'll order the salmon with the kale instead of the pasta tonight. I'm trying, trying to feel good about myself, trying to look good. I want to feel good. Reality smacked me in the face, but driving up and down Coastal Highway, cars with oil flags flying everywhere. Everybody's wearing their Orioles gear. Restaurants have their big Orioles banner outside. The signs on the streets are saying, come on in, watch the Orioles play the Red Sox tonight. I mean, it's everywhere now. I talked about it because we go down to the beach at least once a summer. We we have a place to stay with family. If we didn't, we wouldn't go down there. It's too fucking expensive. It's crazy. We were looking at your average hotel, not even oceanfront. It's like two nights of $1,600 after fees. Get the fuck out of here. So we stay for free, but just driving up and down. I mean, everyone's got their Orioles gear on, high-fiving me as I walk by. I talked about it a couple years ago. I was down there with my Orioles gear. People were making comments, patting me on the back. Ooh, hang in there. You didn't see any Oriole banners, anyone driving around with Oriole flags. The wagon is filling up again. Boy, that escalated quickly. Fuck it, whatever. But Wednesday night, here he comes, Mr. Gunner Henderson. He makes his debut. Of course, second-round draft pick was just 17. Elias says, I just learned to drive. I'm sure by the time he gets up to be an Oriole, he'll be just fine. My wife almost made me miss his debut. I didn't. You know, it's something else. You know, we'll go down that rabbit hole another time. But if I missed it, I think I would have called that divorce attorney I saw on TV the other night. 
would have called him up and like, yep, yeah, uh, my wife made me miss Gunnar Henderson's debut. Oh, we got a case. Excellent. All right. See you tomorrow. Divorce is on. But fans were losing their shit not seeing Gunnar come up. And I get it. Everybody was getting impatient. And it didn't help. Every goddamn 30 minutes we were seeing highlights of Gunnar Henderson. Oh, look, he did it again. Six home runs in one night. You're like, for fuck's sake, bring him up. Especially with the offensive shit in the bed lately. It really hurt when we were seeing these Gunnar Henderson highlights. I mean, the guy, what did he do? In Bowie, played 40, this year, played 47 games in Bowie. And he was hitting 312 with a 1.25 OPS. Then they bring him up to Norfolk. He played 65 games there. He was hitting 288 with an 894 OPS and a 504 slugging. Everyone's just sitting there tapping their foot, getting extremely impatient. Fans were on Twitter <laughs> tweeting to Mike Elias. You know, I would not spend another minute watching the Orioles until you bring up Gunner. I'd laugh at those tweets. Thinking Elias, you know, sees that tweet. He goes home that night to his wife. It's like, honey, I, I don't know. I think plans have got to change. I'm going to have to bring up Gunner earlier. I just read a tweet from at be more sweaty balls spelled with a Z. He said, he's never going to watch the Orioles again. If I don't bring up Gunner, I got to do something. <laughs> so I guess the tweets, maybe that's what it was. Birdland tweeting at Mike Elias every day. He crumbled. <laughs> uh, youngest Oriole to hit his major league debut since you know it. Steve Pierce. No, I'm kidding. Obviously uh, Manny Machado in 2012 and Gunner's also the youngest position player acquired. Uh, via the draft to make his major league debut since Carlos Correa in 2015. He's also the first Orioles player to hit a home run in his MLB debut since, you know it, Felix P.A. No, I'm kidding. Ooh, should have quit while you're ahead, Nate. Trey Mancini, of course, in 2016. And I'm just reading down the list here. 21 years old. He is also the youngest player in franchise history to Homer in his debut. He went two for three that night. And his first at bat, he almost went oppo. If it went five feet straight and three feet to the right further, would have been a home run. His first at bat would have been a home run. And, of course, Mountcastle gets doubled up. What the fuck was he doing? That dude is just in a slump, like, with everything lately. I hope he gets his head out of his ass. I know he hit a home run Thursday, and, you know, he's getting a couple base hits. So I think he's slowly starting to get out of whatever slump he's in. I mean, of course, he's going to snap out of it. He's going to hit, like, three or four bombs in, like, one game and then continue on just lighten it up. He's too good of a hitter to continue a slump. So obviously we all have confidence that Mountcastle will pull it together. But everybody and their grandmother knew that was a foul ball. There is no reason he should be on second base. But yeah, the fucker gets thrown out, double play. So that was interesting. Gunner's first contact he makes. It's a bizarre hit, uh, bizarre play. And then, of course, you know, he just comes up. Second at bat, boom, home run. And it's just one of those moments where while you're witnessing it, all you can really do is just laugh. And that's what I did. I, I kind of stood up and I'm just laughing. I'm like, of course this kid hits a home run. And that Jim Palmer did the same thing as the ball was going out. And of course, Kevin Brown's just screaming into the mic. He's all excited. You can hear Palmer just laughing. It's basically all you can do. That was fucking awesome. And I love seeing the family, no matter who the player is, having a big moment. I love when the camera puts it on the family and they're going wild, hugging each other. It's a great moment. And, you know, you're sitting there. Gunnar Henderson It's going to be the real deal. He's only going to be getting better. He's already crushing home runs. That ball was crushed. Usually you're like, oh, those doubles are going to turn into home runs. 
No, those 425-foot home runs are going to turn into 475-foot home runs. Guy's just killing it. He's killing it in the field. The third base, second base, shortstop since he's been up. He's like, fuck it, I'll play any position. He's putting out highlights, making big plays at shortstop the other night. The dude is the real deal, and we're here to watch him. And the Orioles are, are just continuing to win. They go on the road. They take four to six. Are you fucking kidding me? They take two out of three against Houston and two out of three against Cleveland, two of the big top dogs in baseball right now. So, you know, I don't give the Guardians too much credit. They're in the AL Central for fuck's sake. Four teams in the East have better records than every team in the AL Central. Get the fuck out of here. And the pitching. Oh, yeah, the pitching. Oh, I love good pitching. <laughs> and they're doing it without means. DL Hall, Grayson Rodriguez. Oh, shit's getting real, folks. Shit is getting real. It's just incredible, especially the Orioles last year. They're just awful with pitching. I mean, last year, the Orioles had a 584 ERA, team ERA. They're worse than the American League. They When they shut out Cleveland, that was the 13th shutout of the year. Their ERA dropped to 379, tied for the sixth best in the American League. They're just rocking and rolling. This pitching is unreal right now. I saw a stack that tweeted out 40 innings pitched, the last 40 innings pitched, 180 ERA, 0.85 whip, 20 strikeouts, eight walks, only eight earned runs. I mean, you look at Dean Kramer, who just completely shit the bed, and seeing him pitch over and over last season, you're like, I don't know. What's going to happen with this dude? With this year, just been working on a lot of shit, and he's killing it. 322 ERA, 6-4 and four, uh, win-loss record, 121 whip. And Nathan Ruiz tweeted out, in their past 11 games, the Orioles have received eight quality starts and only one outing in which the starter allowed more than two runs. Collectively, the rotation has a 193 ERA in that span. And again, without means, without Dio Hall, without Rodriguez, and uh, without Elias spending some money on whatever he's going to spend money on, this team, my God, this team. Now, let's go back to Houston when the Orioles, look, before the Orioles went to Houston, I mean, they were starting to heat up a little bit. They took the Chicago White Sox series, but they were four and six in their last 10 games. Houston, 42 and 18 at home. Now, I get they call me negative Nate when it comes to sports because a lot of times I look at the glass half empty. But going into Houston at that time, you know, late into the season, again, the Houston Astros, 42 and 18 at home, zero confidence. But they go in there, take care of business. They win two to nothing. <laughs> this is why I think sometimes, and I don't mean to sound silly, but a bigger power has control of how sports is handled with <laughs> who's writing this story. Because Trey Mancini, who we love and adore, and even in a Houston uniform, still love and adore him. And I thought it was really weird watching Trey strike out, and I'm applauding, cheering, going, hell yeah. It's just a weird feeling. But of course, of course, he's batting in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, two on. The Orioles are winning 2 nothing. The winning run is at the plate, and his name is Trey Mancini. And the way things were adding up, I think it was about the seventh inning. I was sitting there going, I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Trey is somehow going to be involved and possibly being the winning run or tying run, but I didn't know it was going to be that dramatic. And I'm just like, man, who who is writing these stories? 
But Bradish that night, shit, he is pitching his ass off. That is one night he's going to remember for a very long time. You go into Houston, eight innings pitched, two hits against the team that ranks third in the league in runs, second in homers, third in slugging and OPS, and with the second fewest strikeouts at bat. And this fucking guy walks in there, eight innings pitched, and only gives up two hits. I've got balls of steel. And of course, he had six Ks, pitching to the, one of the toughest teams in the league to strike out. But I would have brought him out in the ninth inning. I mean, the batters obviously just weren't seeing his pitches. Just bring him out in the ninth. Of course, he didn't. Perez, Tate, come in. They take care of business. Things got a little dicey, of course, with Trey Mancini. Oh, my God, that was amazing. And you know what? I was sitting there saying to myself, is fucking pissed off as I would be if Trey hit that home run I think I'd probably have a little smile on my face I would and I've said it a million times on here when you leave the Orioles I no longer root for you but I did say last episode I would I would I I root for Trey hey by the way uh, before we move on here uh, I'm going to announce the uh, winner for the gift card this week Uh, I'm going to reach out meeting to the winner. So please, like I said, I'm giving you like three or four days, maybe five max. If I reach out to you, please write back because I'm moving on. There's a lot of emails I came in of people who, who want the gift card, who have given me a lot of sob stories. More emails are coming in, but this is the week that I'm going to reach out to the winner. So if you don't hear anything from me for like two weeks, hang in there because if someone does, that's what happened last year with the tickets. Went through a couple people. The third person was the one who went to the game. So I just want to remind you on that again, full count chaos at gmail.com. Um, you still have a little bit of time. If you're listening to this episode right now, I probably won't till later in the week, reach out to the winner. But then Saturday, uh, they went three to one Kramer, obviously uh, asked Bradish, how the hell did you do that last night against Houston? And Bradish handed over his notes and Kramer said, okay, cool. Thanks. Just a run on four hits and a career high of seven and two-thirds inning without walking a single batter and striking out three. Again, now six and four. Retired the first nine in Houston that night before Jose, of course, gets a single. Jose out two. They fucks everything up for everybody. Oh, man. I just, he used to be my favorite player, but I just can't get over with having the, I don't know. Do we, do we truly know if it was a buzzer or what that was under his jersey? Because he was obviously telling the guys, don't rip off my jersey. Something was up. And I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't root for him anymore. I can't root for anyone on Houston anymore except for Trey. But again, not much offense in that series. Just a couple dingers. No big innings. Five left on base. Not too bad. Adley Rushman doubled. What's new? One out. In the third, Anthony Santander crushed one to the second deck. My God, he destroyed that ball in right field. But then, of course, the Orioles do lose one. But it's funny. Before they go into Houston, I'm like, oh, my God, can they just at least get a win? Then they win two in a row, and you're like, all right, let's go. Sweep or bust. (laughs) Boo. You lost. You only won two out of three. You could have swept them. (laughs) But then you're thinking, all right, going into Cleveland, still a tough team, but they're not as good as Houston. And look what the Orioles just did. And of course, <laughs> it's like we probably all assume that's just baseball. That's how sports works. The Orioles going to Cleveland, boom, get their teeth knocked in five to one. But then the Orioles just kind of brush themselves off. Of course, they go and win two out of three in Cleveland. The next night, they win four to nothing. Night after that, three to nothing. Pitching just continues to shine. And again, Wednesday is the, uh, of course, the the game that Gunnar Henderson hit the home run. Uh, 
I want to back up for a second because I feel like it's been shit months since I've spoken to you guys. And a couple weeks I've been away from talking to you guys. There's been so much that's happened. And I know it's cornballish to say, but every night watching these Orioles win, you just sit there and go, there is something special going on. You can feel it in the air. And again, I know that's a little cornball-y, but it, it really is. I mean, every night I feel like when the Orioles win, you just sit there and go, wow, that was fucking amazing. Are you shitting me? Thursday night, that win against the White Sox, four to three extra innings. <laughs> the Orioles are down three to two. And Stowers is up to bat. And I, I should, you know, of course, I know you saw this. I don't want to sit here and tell it like it's somebody who doesn't watch the Orioles and I'm telling them the first time. But how fucking crazy was that? And when Stowers in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes. I mean, you just can't write it up any better. I mean, we're seeing the Orioles go up against Trey Mancini. Bottom of the ninth. He's a winning run. Now we see Stowers come up to bat. He hits his first home run in the bottom of the ninth. Two outs, two strikes. Ninth inning. First major league home run. He was 0 for 13 before that hit. And I think it's funny when uh, Stowers did hit that home run to tie it up. Aiken did run over to the fan. He traded, I think he traded him like three baseballs for the home run. <laughs> I was sitting there watching it go, and I wish uh, Aiken would leave with those balls. Jesus. But that left fielder, Adam Angle, I, I know he didn't sleep. He's probably still not able to sleep after that because he was a defensive replacement that night. And, of course, when you're a defensive replacement, what happens? The ball always gets hit to you. And he had the game-winning foul ball right there, just easy fly ball. I mean, I can say easy. But he ran over to it. He was there. He had his glove up. It just dropped. And... Watching that, I said out loud, my wife is my witness. I said, these are usually the games when something like that happens. The next pitch is a home run. And it's usually the, you know, we're the, the team that unfortunately, oh, Urias drops it in the next pitch home run. But being on that side of happy, oh, it's glorious. But I just felt for the Sox fans. But then two seconds later, I said, ah, who gives a shit? But that's pain right there. That is pain. But that was amazing. It was it, it just it, incredible. And you didn't think you were going to have these kind of feelings driving through your veins this year watching the Orioles. And then Jordan Lyles. My God, that guy, it's been a treat watching him pitch. <laughs> I know that <laughs> that same game, first pitch, home run. You're thinking, oh, shit, here we go. But the guy's just got balls of steel. After he calmed down, had a hell of a night just eating up those innings, just hungry, eating them up. I know Bautista. Had to come in and, and he had to face six batters in and and, and the extra innings. Boom. One, two, three, four, five, six. No problem. See you later. Try to hit my 102 and then 90 mile an hour fork ball down in the dirt. Good luck. And I know that was, that game also with their offense, talking about how their offense has been called. They had first and third no outs in the bottom of the 10th and they blew it. And you're thinking, all right, here's one of these games that, you know, yeah, it was great that Stowers hit the tying home run, but they had first and third in the 10th and, and couldn't win it. Nope. It just kept going. And then Friday night's game, going back a week before that, I haven't seen you guys forever. The 10, the 15 to 10 win was against Boston. That was like a, what the fuck kind of game? 37 combined hits is just completely asinine. Santander, Adley Rushman each came in with a triple of the cycle. That was in five innings. It's fucking crazy. 
He was already a triple away from hitting a cycle in just five innings. Basically, every Sox pitcher that game, I know, must have taken a cold shower after that one. Crawford, I think, just skipped the shower and just went straight to the bar. Three and two-thirds innings pitched, 11 hits, nine runs. Uh, Can't talk too much shit. Aiken completely shit the bed that night. Of course, I feel like I say that a lot. Oh, my God. He's a perfect example of why relief pitchers or why relief pitcher ERAs is such a joke. I can't stand it. He couldn't even get out of that inning. Four hits and five runs. The Orioles were winning 10 to four, and he comes in, and it's 10 to nine. I go out, get something to eat, come back, boom. I'm like, how the fuck is this 10 to nine? I remember sitting there saying to myself, the lottery winner must have been happy as a pig in shit. Mateo just continues to be exciting. He was so excited when he hit a home run that night. He, I remember he missed first base. He had to go back and touch it. But look, Stowers that night. Stowers had two singles during his debut at Camden Yards. Uh, I think one one hit was 106 miles per hour and the other was 107. But, I mean, that's how long it's been since I've talked to you guys. There's been so much crazy shit that's been going on in these past two weeks. It's insane. All right, definitely want to get to a couple emails that came in, some uh, experiences at Camden Yards. Before we do that, just want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sports drink spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All that we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. All right. So the Orioles right now looks like they just beat the A's. Game's going to be wrapped up Friday night, five to two win Dean Kramer with another great outing six innings pitched. What do you have? Six K's only two earned runs. Baker and Tate came in to finish it. And how good is Adley Rushman? Well, the word is out. Even if there's bases loaded, pitch around him. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Uh, Adley, of course, with a great eye. I mean, w- one of the best. And he's not going to swing at junk. Bases loaded, walks him in, and then they just continue to score runs. Mateo comes in, gets a base hit. So, yeah, 5-2. to two, They continue the series Saturday night against the A's. So, yep, they just keep on winning. All right, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Always love hearing from you. A couple emails came in, uh, experiences at Camden Yards, and I'm going to get to this one from Alan. Start with this one. He says, hey, Nate. Well, the woman who I married three years ago all started with a first date to Camden Yards. He says, I was 23 years old, taking this beautiful young woman to a Sunday afternoon Orioles game, more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I met her at a party, and she took my breath away when she walked in the room. Two weeks later, we're going on our first date to Camden Yards. Ten minutes after we get there, I was already fucking everything up. Couldn't believe it. I took her up to club level to order the good food. I told her, get anything you want. I was getting ready to pay, and I realized my wallet was not in my pocket. I wanted to puke. We parked 1,000 blocks away, so I couldn't just quickly run to my car. I was so embarrassed I wanted to die right there. She had to pay for the food, of course, and she just kept laughing, telling me it's okay. After the game, as we were walking back to the car, I noticed I locked my keys in my car. 
had to call AAA to come help. We stood there for two hours waiting for the tow guy to get there to help unlock my car. That night was awful. And I cannot believe she went on a second date with me after that. And here we are, two kids later, happily married. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Alan. Yeah, that that is a rough one because if that happened to me, and it could, obviously, it sounds like it was an honest mistake, and she sounds like a, a really wonderful, forgiving woman because that is definitely like a slime bag move. Oh, my wallet. You go to a nice restaurant. Oh, my God, I left my wallet in my car. I don't know where my wallet is. That could definitely be a turnoff and the woman being like, all right, here we go. I, I get what this shit bag's all about. <laughs> the old I forgot my wallet trick. So her laughing and saying, I don't worry about it. I got it. We're all good. Good for her. Pat on the back. Hats off to her because that's easily a slimy move. Or even if it was an honest mistake, like I'm saying, it's easily something you could be like, oh, shit. So this is how this guy does things. But. Here you are, man. Alan says, here we are two kids later, happily married. And then you lock your key in your car. Yeah, you <laughs> surprised. You know, those are the kind of dates where you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to let her call me. I don't, I don't even think I'm going to reach out again. And look, shit happens. We all know shit definitely happens, and especially on first dates. But mm, the old I don't have my wallet, that sucks. That's a brutal one. But. Here you are, two kids later. So I appreciate the email, Alan. Glad to see everything worked out. And she said, I'm going to give this guy not only a second chance, but the rest of his life chance. So good for you, Alan. All right, this next email is from David. I mean, he breaks it down. The Cliff Notes has a couple stories in here. <laughs> yeah, I guess some of these stories, they bring back memories. Good memories, bad memories, whatever. But he just breaks it down on a, a few stories he wanted to share. And he started off the email saying, listening to the email about the guy getting punched in the face was great. It says, I have a ton of great Baltimore Orioles stories. None of them are remotely PG. Now he's talking about um, my last episode with the gentleman who wrote in, who got punched by a pirates fan. <laughs> now you don't hear too much drama with Pittsburgh pirate fans. You usually think our right, Yankee Red Sox fans, they're, they're the aggressive ones typically that come to the stadium. But when I was thinking to myself, I said, you know what? Pittsburgh Steeler fans are huge shitbags when they come to Baltimore. And basically, I guess they're the same people. But you just don't hear too many stories of aggressive fights with pirate fans. So that's what he was uh, talking about. But he continues on. He says, I went there for my bachelor party and was blacked out before the Orioles game. He says, came to in the fifth inning, got kicked out of a strip club and chased by bouncers for like three blocks. So in two sentences, he basically breaks down the entire night. He, he said a bachelor party blacked out, wakes up in the fifth inning, doesn't know what the hell happened before then. Then he goes to a strip club, gets kicked out, and then chased by bouncers for like three blocks. That's like a whole entire movie. It's basically like a Kevin Hart movie that you see on Netflix these days that he just broke down. <laughs> but... He continues, he says, I was at the double game. He says, we were in the third row of left field. No shit, the exact spot where Young hit the ball. He says, I slipped while jumping up and down and fell on my back. I've actually done that before. You get super excited. You're trying to jump up and down. You have like square footage around you, you know, and then, and then you just shit the bed and hit your head or whatever. He says, greatest game ever. The crowd going crazy after that hit. I will never forget of course, he's talking about the Delman Young bases clearing double. That's badass. He was right there 
left field. And then if you watch the replay, you can see him just sitting there falling on his ass probably. He says, a bunch of my Air Force buddies took a trip up from Hampton, Virginia to catch a game, and it was a shit show. Now, he's on to another story. This is what I like. He just basically breaks down a story into a couple sentences and moves on. Gives you the cliff notes. He says, almost got kicked out three times. He says, the section monitor had to sit behind us the remainder of the game. So he had a babysitter. You guys are acting up. They had to get a chaperone to keep an eye on you guys. He says, we lit LJ Hose up while playing for whatever shit team he was on at the time. Maybe the Astros. Only to have that fucker track a foul ball on the left side, on the left field wall where we had front row seats. And he snags the ball right in front of my hands. Like, what are the fucking odds? He just gave me the head nod and just walked off. Real classy, mad respect. Oh, LJ Hose. Of course, we all remember old LJ. Future Hall of Fame, uh, uh, flame, future, (laughs) future Hall of Fame player, LJ Hose. Um, He then continues. He says, after the game, one of our buddies was dragged off by the ear. His girlfriend tracked his phone and was waiting for him outside the stadium. She drove four hours and sat outside the stadium just to do that. These stories are reminding me almost of the movie Judgment Night. I mean, we're going way back. I think the movie was like in the early 90s. Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooden Jr., Jeremy Piven, Stephen Dorff. I think Dennis Leary was the bad guy in that movie, I'm pretty sure. But this is what these stories are reminding me of. It's a great movie. I think It's ahead of its time. Go watch it now. It's great. But I was laughing reading the email, uh, this part with David talking about the uh, girlfriend dragging the, uh, the boyfriend by the ear home because I, I've been there. I've seen that. I've been in the bar, and the girl just kicks in the bar doors, comes in. Just, I think she flipped two tables on the way to get him. We're all freaked out. We're like, oh, shit, Frank's about to get his ass kicked. And I think it was his wife. (laughs) I think he had, like, three kids, and he was supposed to be home at 9. It was, like, 1 in the morning. But, yeah, I've been there. I just started laughing because it's just bringing back some memories. David continues. He says, "Uh, then we hit the block for some fun. He said, one of the guys was being a real bitch about some girl he met that didn't want to come see him. I guess she lived near Baltimore. So at the end of our night at the Hustler Club, we couldn't find him. So we just left. Yeah, I've been there before, man. You just sometimes you can't find your friend. And sometimes you assume maybe he met someone he went home with or whatever. David says, luckily, the other group we were with met up with him and brought him home. Years later, we told him that story. And let me tell you, he did not find it nearly as funny as we did telling that story the many times we did. Yeah, well, the the friend who gets left behind, I don't don't think they're ever going to find a punchline in that story. David finishes with, I love Baltimore and the Orioles. I hope this team makes the playoffs. They're too fun to stop watching. Plus, I'd love to go to another playoff game. Mullins and Rush going back to back tonight to win the series for the Jays. Take that, you salty fucking blue checkmark Jays writer. Go eat a dick. David, from the top ropes to end it. He's talking about uh, who uh, that ah, shit. I think his name's Mike Wilner. When the Orioles were playing the Jays, every time the Orioles kept beating him, he would just put out some douchebag tweet like, oh, look at the Oriole fans. Isn't it cute how they're happy now? But uh, (laughs) David has quite some stories talking about Camden Yards, and I he kept it short and sweet. I'm sure a lot of these stories could be about a 20 page chapter. But he just says, look, this is what happened. Blacked out, went to strip club, got kicked out, chased by bouncers. Girlfriend came, took took a friend by the ear. 
Then we lost a friend, went home. We all threw up. We have a hangover. <laughs> the end. He just basically got right to the point. So I appreciate that. I think we've all been there, done that. So David, thank you very much for sharing. Always love some entertaining emails. Always want to hear your guys' experience, no matter what it is. We've heard a lot over the years. People getting busted with uh, kilos of drugs in the trunk of the, their brother's car. That was a fun one. Uh, what was that couple? Going back to the car, the couple was uh, making a porno in the parking lot. That was entertaining. I mean, look, it doesn't matter. Sky's the limit, you know? If you want to talk about how you were there at the Delman Young game, love to hear from, uh, love to hear about that as well. But if uh, you're a little outside the the box, <laughs> just you know, I love how Camden Yards is only like uh, uh, just a quick sentence, and then the rest of it is like, and then we went to a strip club, and then we got hammered. But so what? I've always said on this podcast, no matter what is on your mind, I want to hear from you guys. Full count chaos at gmail.com. We're going to continue to root for these Orioles. It's September. They're winning. They're scratching, they're clawing, they're punching, they're kicking to get their way in that in the playoffs, and they're doing it. They continue to win, and this is fun. Again, want to hear from you guys. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See you.